my name's Kirsten, and I'm Thiara. <laughs> so, um, this is episode one of our podcast that we thought that we could uh, swoop on up. So, we're called Killers, Crime, and Coffee. Well, you didn't get it backwards this time. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, this is episode one. Um, just because we thought that it was just so easy to um create a podcast. It's um, not. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. So, um, shout out to Kobe. Kobe. Sorry, Kobe. Um, for helping us and um, our little sister because we can't edit and I haven't used GarageBand since like 2013. So. And I know nothing about any of this. Yes. So, um, basically, I guess we could just like introduce ourselves, um, and kind of go in more depth of like who we are without telling too much. Um, so yeah, uh, my name's Kirsten. Like I said, I'm 26 years old. I'll be 27 in May, and know. I am a Gemini. We have to tell. We have to tell. Okay. Them okay. Enough. Anyway, so um, I'm married. I have two dogs, four cats, and I just had a kid. Um, she's a mom now. So I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sleeping a she's lot. A, she's a, a grown woman. Also, we're not British. Um, I just wanted to point that out. And you're probably going to hear that a lot through our podcast. I think it's probably pretty clear that we're not British. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I do work. I'm not going to say what I do for work. But, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure all the people who are probably listening to this first (laughs) Yeah, you guys know what I do. Also, I have a cold right now, so I feel like I'm being a fraud. And um, kind of just, this isn't my voice. Yeah, she doesn't normally sound this, like, nice. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, so, um, what about you, Sierra? <laughs> uh, okay, well, my name's Sierra. It's spelled with the S, not with the C. Um, I'm 20. I'll be 21 in September, so that means I'm a Virgo. Um, I have a cat and a boyfriend. And that's it. No children. Yeah. You're a little too young for that. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, like I said, our podcast is called Killers, Crime, and Coffee because, uh, one, we love coffee. We're two highly caffeinated sisters, if you read our description. Um, so what are you, what are you drinking today, Sarah? I am drinking a venti iced caramel macchiato with extra caramel drizzle, and there was supposed to be cold foam on it, but they didn't put it on there, and, um, we're not gonna go back to that, so. we're, Yeah, we're just not gonna talk about it. Yeah. I'm also drinking a venti iced caramel macchiato, um, from Starbies, uh, you know, really basic here. I guess you yeah, could say, pretty, yeah. but feel free to send us your coffee um, orders yeah. because we like to try different things. Go, uh, go get, um, you know, your oversized sweater on. Go brew a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Get a little comfy because yeah. it's gonna be a put uh, your hair a up ride. in a bun. Yeah, it's gonna be a long ride. Yeah, and just come chill with us. Yeah. Okay, so um, to get into what we're doing, so how we're going to do this is we are going to be covering serial killers, uh, you know, crimes. Um, we're also going to be doing a little bit of paranormal. We just suck and couldn't put that into our name because we don't know how to rhyme, I yeah, guess. Yeah. There was nothing that rhymed with killers, crime, and coffee. Yeah, there was nothing that even rhymed with, like, coffee and crime that we could think of that w- pertained to paranormal Yes. things. But just to clarify, yes, we will be doing paranormal coverage of I stories. Feel like, I feel like a lot of, like, crime, true crime podcasts, yes. like, they still dive into, like, the paranormal Yes, world. they do. So, um, what kind of podcasts do you like listening to? What are your favorite podcasters? Um, literally, okay, favorite podcasters, Love Morbid, and I'm a, my number ones, Crime Junkie, 10 out of 10. I've been starting to listen to what, That's Why We Drink. Yes, those so, are one of my favorites. Yes. I like, and That's Why We Drink. I do listen to Crime Junkie. Um, I like Lore, which is not really crime, but like... Radio Rental. 
Kind Radio Rental, yes. I'm really upset because it takes them forever to come out with but like, the next it, you season, know but it's why so it takes good. so long, but because it's so they're good. so good. Yeah, yeah. It really creeps me out. And I I always listen it, to it on my way to work, and it's, like, dark out. Oh, my God. Freaking someone at work the other day, I was opening, okay, and was listening to one on the way to work, and for some reason that one was creeping out extra, so I locked all the doors, and then she couldn't get in. So she's, like, calling me, and she's like, um, are you here? And I was like, I'm here, hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> Oh, also, Alexis, if you're listening, make sure you cut out all the coughing. Thank you. Okay, so. <laughs> Believe that one. <laughs> so, um, today, how, which I forgot to mention, how we're going to be doing this is um, each episode, we're going to be covering our own story. Um, just because we talk way too much, if we do two stories in one episode, it'll be like five hours long. Yeah. Um, and our little sister does go to school and stuff, so we're just trying to be, you know, really conscientious. She's a high schooler. About her. So, I'm going first because I'm number one. Um, yeah. Okay, so the first story that we're going to cover today is the Watts family murder. Um, that is Shanann Watts, uh, Christopher, or Chris Watts, and their two daughters, Bella and Celeste. Um, so just, like, kind of general background information, um, Shanann was born on January 10th, 1984, in New Jersey. Uh, Christopher Watts was born May 16th, 1985, in North Carolina. Uh, Bella Watts, which is their firstborn, and she was four years old when she passed, uh, was born December 17th, 2013 in Colorado. Um, and Celeste Watts is the second born. She was three years old when she passed and she was born in July, or sorry, on July 17th, 2015. And for some reason, I don't have which state she was born in. Probably Colorado. <laughs> Um, so the third, um, child, which was the unborn child that Shanann was actually pregnant with at the time of her death was Nico Watts. Um, she was 15 weeks pregnant with Nico when she had passed, um, and Shanann and Chris, they met in 2010 and they married in November of 2013. Uh, so kind of like up to date with during when the crime started, they lived in a five bedroom home, um, in Frederick, Colorado. Chris was employed with Andarco Petroleum, if I'm saying that right, and Shanann worked from home selling a product called Thrive for the LaVey Company. Um, so the two of them, I know just, like, from watching, like, the documentary, I don't know if you watched that on Netflix. Yeah, I watched yeah. So just, like, watching the documentary, which I don't, I didn't take as much time going into every single detail of their personal personal life and their personal problems but Shanann was like really big on social media she did a lot of lives and stuff like that um kind of like promoting her uh her product that she was selling for her company so I mean they kind of had that like picture perfect look to them on the social media platforms you know Facebook and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so how they were reported missing um we're just going to kind of cut right into that so August 13th 2018 at about 1 in the morning Shanann returned home from a business trip and she was dropped off at her house by her friend Nicole Atkins which you'll kind of hear about her a little bit kind of further on and she's like one of the biggest um components in my opinion as to why uh this crime was solved so quickly um, and they, because they were reported missing, like, mm -hmm. so fast, um, and she really, like, kind of, like, took, like, wind on that situation instead of kind of waiting and waiting around and, you know, kind of holding off, like, well, some cases yeah. that you see. I think she also knew, like, you know, the second that, like, she obviously knew her, like, fairly well. Like, right, she knew, like, what was going on between yeah. her and Chris, 
in the Netflix documentary, I mean, that's when they went more detailed into the text messages that Shanann would mm-hmm. send to Chris and text messages that she would send to her friends about their relationship and how it was lackluster, I guess you could say. Um, and, you know, just how unimportant she felt and how distant he was and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, during Shanann's trip, Chris was home with the girls. Um, so this same day during kind of like later morning, early afternoon, um, Shanann's friend Nicole Atkins reported her and her two daughters missing. Um, this reason being that Nicole immediately jumped on that was because Shanann had missed a scheduled OBGYN appointment, um, and was not returning any text messages, which was very unlike her. Um, it seemed like she was kind of like one of those, I don't want to say glued to your phone kind of people, but she definitely was like answer on the second ring kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So, um, Shanann then also missed an important business meeting, which made Nicole then go over to the Watts residence, um, at about like 1210 in the afternoon. So, when Nicole's there, you know, she's knocking on the door, she's ringing the doorbell, like, not nothing. No answers of anything. Text messages still aren't being answered. So, then Nicole then calls Chris to explain the situation, and then she contacts the Fredericks Police Department. So, the police um, arrived at about 1.40 p.m., and they decided that they were going to conduct a wellness check with the permission from Chris to enter the home. So, during this wellness check, they did find the family dog um, completely unharmed, but there was absolutely no sign of Shanann or the girls. Um, Also found was Shanann's keys, um, her purse, and her wallet, and on her bedside table were her wedding rings. Um, both of the girls' car seats were still in Shanann's car inside the garage, um, so they obviously did not leave, um, in a car, you know, I mean, she had her wallet there, like, nothing, so nothing that would signify her leaving, because, I mean, at least two of those things are rather important, in my opinion, so, (laughs) so the FBI, they were pretty much almost rather quickly invited into the investigation the following day, um, August 14th of 2018. So when Chris was interviewed by the police on August 14th, he claimed to have absolutely no idea where his wife and children could have gone. Um, and he also conducted several TV interviews pleading that his wife and his daughters, uh, had a safe return. So, if you've seen, which you can look these up on YouTube, and I also really do highly suggest, um, the Netflix documentary on this case mm-hmm. because they were really detailed. Yes. And I mean, I like did my notes and stuff. Um, but a lot of the information I kind of like already knew because of from this Netflix documentary. So, um, but I did get a lot of stuff from like Wikipedia and a couple news articles. So I'll kind of reference Ooh, those. Wikipedia. I think they did a pretty good job with this one. Okay. Okay, so looking back on these TV interviews, he was very odd. Um, Sometimes you could almost, like, see him, like, smirking when he was, like, talking about stuff, which, like, really made me uncomfortable. A little sus. Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, And he kind of was just, like, grasping for words, like, just, like, pretty much, like, pulling stuff out of his ass. Excuse my language, but, like... Okay, well, hold on. I put this as explicit, so we can curse. Okay. Okay. Same with, like, I had to put it as explicit anyway because of, like, gory details. Yeah. So... Okay, great. I'll be cursing. Sorry. Anyway. So, TV interviews, really weird, really uncomfortable looking, very awkward. Um, You know, quoted, I do have a couple quotes here, um, on Denver 7, which I think is one of the um, news channels around that area in Colorado. 
um, that I got off of YouTube. Um, he basically, this is pretty much what he said word for word. He said, Shnan, Bella, Celeste, if you're out there, just come back. Like, if somebody has her, just please bring her back. I need to see everybody. I need to see everybody again. This house is not complete without anybody here. Please bring them back. And, like, when he said that, it was just so, like, monotoned like, and so no like yeah like it. so recorded almost like yeah. robotic it was just so awkward and weird so obviously i mean in my opinion if i would have saw that i would have like mm. yeah but at the same time if you look at it like not everybody reacts to like their family missing like some people don't want to show most like any emotion yeah like, that's some true. people are like more vulnerable in the open than yeah. others are. yeah yeah that makes sense i guess like I, in the moment like people are like well no they're such a loving like great family because of the yeah, yeah. presence that they had online yeah so falsification people okay so now we're gonna go into the arrest so august 15th 2018 chris watts was arrested due to failing a polygraph test and eventually confessing to the murder uh of his wife shanann um but key point i did add that he did not originally confess to the murder of his own children so before confessing to the police chris watts did ask to speak to his father um, and during the conversation with his father, Chris admitted to having an affair and asking Shanann for uh, separation, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and on the morning of August 13th, 2018, Chris stated that Shanann's response to the request of this separation caused her to strangle her own children, which then concluded in both of their deaths. Um, and then Chris claimed that within a fit of rage, as he stated, um, then strangled Shanann to death. Um... So, basically, he is taking, like, a shortcut, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, I murdered Shanann, but I didn't murder my children, yeah. so, you know, that was totally Shanann, like, because, you know, she's, like, totally crazy and unstable, so he was just kind of, like, trying to portray, like, she was, like, a psychotic mother, um, which is totally not true, um, in my opinion. No. So, not, like, psychotic enough to, like, Yeah, to murder her own children, Yeah. So, um, kind of shitty for him to just be like, yeah, it was totally, like, all Shanann that killed my children, but, yeah. you know... But, I, um, I did this for I did this for my children, so then I strangled their mother. He did that knowing that like she had obviously is already dead, can't come back and defend herself. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, definitely. So, um Chris then stated that he transported Shanann, Bella, and Celeste's bodies um, to a remote oil storage container that was actually leased out by his company that he worked for, the Andarco Petroleum. Um, so police eventually located um, the oil storage container where they then located the bodies of uh, Bella and Celeste inside the oil storage tanks. Um, now, in the documentaries, they did get a little graphic with the uh, appearance of Bella and Celeste's bodies um, because obviously oil, um, petroleum is not really meant to sit on your skin like that. Um, so... Especially in that form. Yes. So, they were in pretty bad, um, condition when they were pulled out of the oil storage tanks. Um, Shanann's body was actually located nearby in a shallow grave, um, close to the oil storage container, um, that both of her daughters were put in. So, he was charged with three counts of first-degree murder, as well as unlawful termination of pregnancy, um, meaning because he obviously killed, um, his unborn child, Nico, uh, when he killed Shanann. Um, he was also charged with three counts of tampering with a deceased body, and then Chris 
was originally denied bail, um, but then his bail was set at $5 million with a required 15% down in order to release. So, I don't agree with the whole bail option. I, I think did that, not know that. Yeah, so That's, I... You murdered your wife and three children, and they're giving you... Like, I'm sorry, but like... Like, someone, you don't even have to, like, put down the whole $5 million. It's like, yeah. oh, just give us 15%. Yeah, like, understandably, like, 15% is still a lot, but like... You murdered your three children and wife because you didn't want to be with them anymore and you are still able to somehow get out of jail if somebody really wanted you to yeah, get out like yeah. enough. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really agree I did not know that. That's that. crazy. Yeah. So, um, during an interview with Dr. Phil, uh, Chris Watts lawyer um stated that Chris had eventually confessed um to kind of like what the real story was. Um, so basically what had happened was Shanann and him were in a heated argument in regards to a divorce, um, in which then the eldest child, Bella, uh, walked in on the incident. Um, now he had pretty much already strangled Shanann at this point. Um, and Bella had walked into, had walked into the room and was just kind of, you know, confused from his statement, as what he was saying. Um, and he told Bella that, you know, Shanann was sick and, you know, everything would, you know, be okay. So Chris then loaded Shanann's body into the back of his car, his work van, actually. Um, and he put the girls in the back of his work truck as well, or van. Um, so the girls were still alive when they left the house originally. Um, he did not, he then, um, confessed to killing them once he got them to the oil tank. Um, so pretty much what had happened was that he had smothered Bella and Celeste to death, uh, one after the other with a blanket. Um, so he had done this, um, from what I remember, I don't have it written down exactly, but he had done this when he got into the oil tank. So he pretty much loaded up his children and his wife's dead body inside of his work truck and, you know, his kids are sitting in the back of the work truck with their mother's dead body. And then he later smothered them one by one. And then he put their bodies in an oil tank. That's disgusting. Yeah. Like, ugh, disgusting, like, piece of yeah. crap. Ugh. So, that, that part in the documentary, because they kind of went through, like, he, I don't know if the police asked them, like, what did Bella and Celeste say to you, like, when you were smothering them? Um, but pretty much, like, they were kind of, like, crying out, like, what are you doing, you know, like, it's just, yeah. it's, that, that part really yeah. tugged at my heartstrings. It was, it was a little hard to hear. So, going into sentencing and the plea deal. So, on November 6th, 2018, uh, Chris pleaded guilty to all three murders. Um, although Chris killed Shanann Watts, um, Shanann's family actually did not want Chris to be sentenced to the death penalty, because they felt that there was just another, like, that it was just too much death. Like, they just kind of wanted to stop the line of death. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, if that was, like, me saying, I don't want the, you know, the the death sentence, it's because I want them to suffer and I want them yeah, to think about, to like, what they did. Rot yeah, yeah. Not instead because of, you feel sympathy instead for Instead of them. kind of getting off and dying. No, you yeah. Know? That's, I 
So, on November 19th, uh, 2018, Chris Watts was given a sentence of five life sentences, uh, three consecutive and two concurrent, uh, without the possibility of parole, and also receiving an additional 48 years due to the unlawful termination of Shanann's pregnancy, and 36 years added due to three counts of tampering with a deceased body. So, um, when I was doing my research, because I obviously hadn't really kept up with the case, like, recently, because this was back in 2018, so it was kind of a bit ago, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you kind of wonder, like, where is he at now, like, what is he doing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, now, I do remember hearing from another podcast that, like, he's one of those killers that has, like, fans, like, uh, women like this, him. Like, Ted Bundy Yeah, kind of yeah. So, that grossed me out. But I didn't write that in there, but I just want to add that because I, I hate that. That that makes me angry. Yeah. So. Um, so, basically, um, on December 3rd of 2018, Chris Watts was moved out of the state prison that he was um, in shortly after his sentencing. Uh, they state that it was due to security concerns. Um, so, he is currently in the Dodge Correctional Institution, which is also a maximum security prison in Wanpoon, uh, Wisconsin, and that is where he is supposed to be continuing out the rest of his life sentence. Um, so, yeah, so that's where he's at right now. Uh, I couldn't really find too much on anything, what he's doing during his sentencing. I know I kind of mentioned the the little fan base that he has, which is kind of sickening. Um, yeah, if you like Chris Watts, like, get off our podcast. Yes. Please. We don't want you here. Yes. Please, please. <laughs> um, yeah, so, no, I was listening, I think it was in That's Why We Drink, they were, like, going into, like, the mindset of those females that kind of, like, become fan bases of serial killers, like, the Night Stalker, and, yes. like, stuff like that. It just, like, ugh. The Night Stalker, I will never understand. Non-attractive human. Apparently his... Breath stank. Stank. I watched the whole documentary. Tic Tac. I did. Oh. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. Ugh. He's nasty. <sighs> anyway, so people, you know, we're going to go kind of into the reason why people think that Chris killed his family. Okay, so why people think Chris killed his family. So I had mentioned earlier that he did confess to having an affair. Um, that woman's name is uh, Nicole Kissinger. She claims to have not known that Chris was married, which is not, like, an unheard of thing. It happens. Whether or not she was involved with the murders is kind of, like, one of those things that are kind of up in the air and controversial and a debate that, you know, I've heard, like, things where people say, like, she definitely had some type of involvement in the murders and kind of almost, like, pushed him to do it. Um, I mean, I've heard stuff like that. I didn't yeah. go into too much detail um, just because there was just so much information. I feel like she definitely, like, you had to have known, like, with, with her being such a big social media, like, person. Yeah. Like, just you're not telling seeing me, anything. Yeah, if you're in the same area, like, how have you not seen them? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. So, on a article from Women's Health, um, Chris wrote letters while in jail to a woman by the name of Sherilyn Cattle. Cattle? I don't know. Um, confessing that he had tried to give Shanann painkillers so that she would miscarry uh, with Nico. He stated in this letter, I thought it would be easier to be with Nicole if Shanann wasn't pregnant. So Chris eventually claimed to have strangled Shanann because he wanted to be with Nicole Kissinger, uh, stating, if I knew I took my hands off of her, she would still keep me from Nikki. 
Um, this was a line that he wrote in one of the letters to uh, Sherilyn. Um, so although these letters and quote-unquote, in my opinion, confessions mm -hmm. uh, went viral, Nicole Kissinger uh, claimed to not believe that the affair was the main reason for Chris killing his entire family. Um, but she does believe that it could have accelerated the process. So she's like partially, and those are her exact words that's as per the article, a that it could have accelerated the process. Like you're, like that's just a weird thing to say if you're, like if you're, an yeah, if you're, person, yeah, if you're claiming like, oh, I had no idea, like not this, a part of like, this at all. Yeah, I'm not a part of like this is disgusting. Like I'm so disgusted by this. Like oh well, like me and him having an affair. Like it might have sped up the problem. Like that's just oh, wait, that's yeah, weird. yeah. That's um, what I thought too. When yeah. I read that, I was like, mm, okay. okay, no. <sighs> Coffee break. Okay. So, as per an article from Insider, Shanann was trying to save her man, her marriage. Man. Let me... <laughs> she just trying to save her man. <laughs> He's not worth it. Divorce him. Yes. If yes. you could go back in time, divorce. So, yes. She was trying to save her marriage. Um, she had many attempts to do so, uh, which were shown in the Netflix uh, documentary about the Watts murders. Um, many text messages between Shanann and Chris were displayed, and the text between Shanann and friends... Um, so during a trip before Shanann's death, Shanann had sent a, um, a text message to Chris, um, kind of explaining her feelings, um, about the relationship. So she said, I realized during this trip what's missing in our relationship. It's only one way emotions and feelings. I try to give you space, but while you are working and living the bachelor life, I'm carrying our third and fighting with two kids daily and trying to work and make money. Uh, she continued in another text saying, it's not hard texting love you and miss you. If you don't mean it, then I get it, but we need to talk. I keep looking at my phone all night and no response from you. Like, seriously, we didn't just start dating yesterday. We've been together for eight years and have two and a half kids together. So, Shanann had also sent a text message to friends stating, quote, he has changed. I don't know who he is. Um, Shanann's friend wrote, um, in response, you know, what do you mean? And Shanann texted saying, he hasn't touched me all week, kissed me, talked to me, except for when I'm trying to figure out what is wrong. Um, she goes, I just want to cry. We've never had a problem in our relationship like this. No joke, never. This is total left field. So I think like towards the very end, that's when she really, really starts seeing like the red flags. Now, do I think she thought like he's going to murder me? No. Definitely not. Yeah, obviously not. But she's definitely really kind of starting to see, like, where his mind's probably really, really making that ultimate decision mm -hmm. of just going, like, ape shit. So, another thing that they had mentioned was, which wasn't, like, super duper spoken about by Chris, like, himself personally, um, but the family did have a bankruptcy in 2015. Um, although Chris did state that in his confessions that money was never a stressor for the murders, it is known that that can be a stressor for what he's labeled as, which is a family annihilator. Um, so kind of like going into what kind of murderer he's labeled as, I guess you could say. Um, so he is classified as a family annihilator. So kind of, um, the definition of that 
is a familiocide is a type of murder or murder suicide in which a perpetrator kills multiple close family members in quick sessions most often children relatives spouse siblings or even parents mm-hmm. and in half cases uh the killer lastly kills themselves in a murder suicide um which i know that like in some of the documentaries and the articles they did kind of see that as the off thing that he didn't murder himself um at the end but he's still he's still you know if i were to if you were to put a definition to him like that's still like he killed his entire family yeah yeah you know it's not you know like he killed one person in his family like he (coughs) took out his entire life to make a new one yeah essentially yeah no i agree i mean i just i know that's what the cops were like oh it's kind of weird that you didn't just like off yourself at the end but like every you know every stereotype has its like different branches yeah it's obviously not one. like by the book like yeah. oh i'm a family annihilator so i just have to follow these like, rules he didn't study to become a, a family annihilator yeah Sorry. so <laughs> um so if only the parents are killed the case may also be referred to as a parricide um so where all members of the family are killed the crime may be referred to as a family annihilator um so there was a quote that i thought was kind of informational from a psychologist by the name of sharon millox um, in 2014, uh, just kind of, like, explaining, like, the general characteristics of what a family annihilator may show as, like, their traits. So, uh, she said this individual is a male involved in a long-term relationship, uh, highly possessive over his wife and family. He also has issues with maintaining employment, uh, substance misuse, and domestic violence, where traits present in the family annihilator cases. So she's stating, like, you know, these are kind of, like, the common traits that portrays themselves during, you know, those horrible situations where, you know, fathers, or I'm sure even mothers, too, kill their entire family. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as, like, Issues with maintaining employment. I don't think he really... I think he was with the company for a while. Did he have any, like, employment issues? Or was he, like, highly possessive of them? I think I've heard more so, like, the highly possessive aspect. Mm -hmm. And, like, almost, like, kind of, like, controlling and... I don't want to say, like, OCD, because I might be getting a little far-fetched with that. But I feel like he kind of was, like... I don't know. Just, like, kind of, like, controlling over... Yeah the you know shenan and and the girls yeah Yeah. so um i mean substance misuse who really knows i mean i'm sure he's probably experimented in drugs with his little his his other woman of some craziness i mean i know they've gone on like trips and stuff like that so i mean who really knows i don't really think there was any uh cases of domestic violence Mm -hmm. um i mean for all we know if he didn't kill her it probably could have went to that and then you know but i mean Went from zero to 100 pretty quick. Yeah. So. It's kind of like he snapped it out of it. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. So, that is um, the case of the Watts family murders. So, uh, what do you think? <laughs> how do you feel? Um, well, Tell me how do you feel. Uh, wow. Some of that stuff, like, even after watching, like, the documentaries and stuff, like, didn't know. Like, I did not know that he was, like... Had a bail, like, possible bail for, what is it, five million? Like, yeah. Yeah, with the 15% me. down. Yeah, that's, yeah. like, like, I just don't understand what jury and what judge said this man killed his wife, his three children, put his children in an oil tank, and buried his wife, 
Bolon Madison has enough money. Just a little, little dash like, there. Like, bitch, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's definitely like a bad. Cause I mean, I know like, now this is going off of um, <coughs> like criminal minds and stuff. Like yeah. if they're a flight risk. Yeah. But I feel like he definitely could have, like, just, like, up and bounced. Yeah. Like, if he, I don't know. I'm, sur- I'm actually surprised that after he did that, he did, him and his girlfriend didn't, like, up and leave mm-hmm. to, like, another yeah. country. Yeah, Because that would have, you know, not that I would want him I to I just get feel away. like the reason that they didn't is because he didn't have enough time. Because literally it was, like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like, he, they were reported missing on the 13th, FBI was involved on the 14th, and then he was arrested the 15th. So, yeah. it was just kind of, like, one after another, yeah. but I'm sure if he had plenty of time, like, that definitely would have happened. Yeah. No, yeah. That's crazy. And it's so sad, because, like, they're children, and, like, you spent eight years with this woman. Yeah. And, Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, and just to kind of just, like, pluck them out like that. Yeah. And, you know, distraught for, like, the, you know, Shanann's family. I know I've watched a lot of um, interviews with them, and, like, the mother is just, like, so sad. And it just, it just, like, it's just a crappy and shitty situation. Like, that's a lot of grieving for... Yeah, like, your daughter and your grandchildren. But even for his side of the family, you know, they lost... I'm sure, uh, you know, a daughter-in-law that they really loved, they lost their grandchildren, their, you know, their unborn grandson. Like, they lost a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. They lost their son by him going batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, definitely. Like, oh my gosh. I definitely agree. So, yeah, so that is the Watts Family Murders. Um, yeah. We, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes. Uh, we're still trying to figure out outros and intros, so you're just gonna have to kind of bear with us for a little bit. Yeah. Um, It'll come to us. But yeah, so that is our first episode of Killers, Crime, and Coffee. So we are going to be posting episodes every Monday. Yes. Hopefully. um, If we become famous enough. Yeah, so get us up there. We'll see if this last, I mean, this might be our first and last episode. (laughs) So. Next week? Maybe. Possibility. Yes. Keep on, keep on sipping. Keep on sipping. All right, so we will catch you guys next week. Hopefully. Yes. Bye. Hey guys, Kirsten again. I just wanted to give a couple shout outs to first off our younger sister, Alexis, for editing our podcast, as well as uh, to Kobe for making our awesome intro and outro theme song. So be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Killers Crime and Coffee, and we will see you for our next episode. Bye.